Half time, the first, the first sentence that I said, like, if you have fear of failure, you will not succeed. You must have the guts to fail to succeed. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Time to say a very good morning to the football writer Martin Lipton. Morning, Martin. Hello, Martin, can you hear us? Oh, sorry, I, I, I was struggling there. Yes, I am here. So Apologies. I'm a, a slightly dodgy uh, link in Krakow where I am at the moment. Ah, so you're okay. We got you, we got you. Um, Harry Kane to Bayern. Is this, uh, is this looking ever, ever closer now that he appears to want to leave and certainly uh, his, his desire for trophies might lead him there? It's so difficult to, to work this one out because clearly Bayern Munich are interested and I think there's, there's evidently been an approach to, to Kane. Uh, but the sticking point is... is remains Daniel Levy. Is he going to sell at all? And if he is, what's the price? And I suspect the price will be significantly more than Bayern Munich are willing to pay. So that might preclude a deal taking part uh, taking place in, in, in any case. It's a difficult dilemma because obviously there's a, a significant risk that Kane runs his contract down and walks away for nothing. But the issue, I guess, is... What is the best chance of Tottenham being in the Champions League next season? And the answer to that is quite clearly with Harry Kane still at the club this season. So there's the balance that has to be made. And there will still be the belief that if Postacoglu can prove over the next few months that he's turning things around, that that will be enough to persuade Kane to sign a new contract in any event. So £60 million plus add-ons seems to be the, the the opening bid, which was deemed too low by Spurs. They want around £100 million, uh, as you said, a standing chance of this going through. Uh, but but as you say, Martin, he's out of contract next summer. So do, do Spurs and Daniel Levy have a leg to stand on here? Will they have to just get rid of him for maybe less than the, the, the transfer fee that they desire? No. I mean, I think economically you would say that's the move to make. But tr- truly they don't have to. Um, and it will be a risk uh, if, of him walking away for nothing at the end of the season if he stays on this through this this coming campaign. But it does appear that that is the risk they're they're willing to take at this juncture. Now this could all be good hardball negotiating tactics to try and get that bid towards the hundred million which they're they're talking about. I mean I think it would be difficult to turn that sort of money down. But if you open at 60, you're unlikely to go to 100, aren't you? I mean, it's, it's too big a lump, a, a jump, really, you would think. Um, and are Bayern really that desperate to get in? Or are they or are they more keen to try to look as though they're appeasing Tuchel? That's another issue. Mm. Because that's the fair. Despite winning the league last season, Tuchel didn't make a very positive impact. And indeed, they wouldn't have won the league if Dortmund hadn't blown up on the final weekend. There are reports that, that Bayern have their other backup options, including uh, Victor Osimhen from, from Napoli. You have Randall Kolomouani from uh, Eintracht Frankfurt, Dusan Vlahovic from Juventus, in case this, this Kane deal doesn't go through. Um, like, Will Daniel Levy, I guess, be more willing to accept a lower transfer fee because it's not a Premier League side, not a rival, Martin, you reckon? I think that's the most... Uh, likely scenario. If he if he is to go, it will be to a team outside of of the Premier League because the last thing Levy wants is to for him to be scoring goals against Tottenham next season because that would just be you know another dagger in the in the back every time he he did. 
Um, and as we know, I think it's fair to say that Levy's not always the most popular chairman in the Premier League uh, with the fans. Um, it's interesting, actually, that they are spending money or looking looking to spend money. Now, some might look at that and think, oh, that, they're spending the money before they get it in, I, and they know they're going to sell Kane. An easy thing to say. The, the one you have to remember is that Tottenham are financially better off than pretty much everyone, apart from the uh, the, the Gulf state-enabled, you know, the, the superpower clubs, the state-aided clubs, um, because of their traditional um, low revenue, uh, income to wages uh, ratio and also the fact that they getting so much money through the gate and other other things every every season. You know, this season just passed, they would have grossed more than half a billion pounds. There was a suggestion by uh, Jamie O'Hara on TalkSport yesterday that it would be a step down from uh, going to Bayern Munich and it was all, the context of it was the balance of that question as to whether he wanted to stay on and become the Premier League's all-time uh, goal scorer or go and try and win trophies at, at Bayern. And I see Alan Shearer in The Athletic this morning saying that uh, he... Uh, in his own experience, would have to go out and try and uh, try to win something. Where do you think, when uh, all those little things are on the on the scales for Harry Kane over the coming days and weeks, what sort of a competitor is he, Martin? Is he? I want to stay here and have legacy in England, or I want to go and win stuff in Germany. I think he'd like to get some silverware on the board. There's no doubt about that. But at the same time, he also is desperate to beat Shearer's record. There's no question of of that. I mean, you could argue as well. Look. Shearer scored from this point, the, the age Kane is now, to the end of his career. Shearer scored 84 goals in six seasons for a team that is significantly worse than the team Kane would play for, whoever that team would be. That was not a great Newcastle team. So even if Kane were to go abroad for two years, and I'm not saying it will happen, by the way, but if, if you were to go to Munich for two seasons win two titles because he would, potentially have a deep run in the Champions League because he would. Um, he could then come back and he'd still have four years to score 48 goals at 12 goals a season. Now, you'd back him to do that because the, the talent's clearly there. And unless he was have a significant serious injury, he could, he could in four seasons, even at 36 at the end of it, comfortably, I think, break that record. Also, if he goes abroad, like he's out of the goldfish bowl and the Premier League thing becomes less important for him probably in a couple of years. No, it's the most important thing. He wants to break that record because that's... he he Because I think, and it's a legitimate argument, the era of players staying at a club or staying at a league for their entire career has, has ended. Players will move more. You know, how, how long will Haaland stay in England for? Three years tops, he would think. Mm. So, if you set a, a new mark of getting it towards three hundred Premier League goals, Kane would think that will last forever. That will be the enduring legacy. It will never be broken. I guess any interest from Real Madrid depends on Kylian Mbappe's future, Martin. But has the Manchester United interest in Harry Kane significantly cooled off? I guess the the asking price is the, is the sticking point there, really. Yeah, they, their money men will not sanction paying that much for someone they can potentially get for nothing in a year's time, or so it appears, despite the fact that Ten Hag wants him. Uh, and I think he would have been interested, no question, in, in United. It doesn't appear, though, that he's pushing to get out. I mean, two years ago, 
at this point in the summer, it was pretty clear that he wanted to leave. But as I said, it was more, less than he wanted to leave, more that he felt he couldn't stay. Um, that doesn't appear to be the case this summer. We, you didn't have the grand wave goodbye at the end of the season, which you, you, you know, or any significant sing, uh, indication that he'd had enough. So he's thinking, well, you know, I've got all my options open in 12 months' time. I can stay here. I can move. If I do move, I'm going to get a, a huge signing on fee wherever I go. I'll still get big bucks. I, I'm in charge of my own destiny. I mean, that may be he feels the smartest play anyhow. Ambition is one thing that I guess with Spurs, Harry Kane wants to wants to see, and and certainly with transfers, incoming transfers. You know, last year's performance so so poor in terms of an eighth place finish, and yet you see the likes of James Madison potentially coming in from Leicester City. Would that maybe give Harry Kane pause for concern, and, and I guess something to think about? Because even Ange Postecoglou coming into the club, all of a sudden, surely Kane is thinking, well, this guy, this guy is exciting. Yeah, I mean, whether he knows enough about Postecoglou to, to make that judgment, I'm, I don't know. He'll obviously been studying and trying to find out a bit more. What is evident is that Tottenham are willing to spend money and are looking to back, back the manager. Um, the goalkeeper's in. They've, they've confirmed um, Kulisevsky. Madison appears to be on the verge of being done at 40 odd million. There have to be three centre-arms, I think, and a few others. I mean, it's, it's not the, the end of the spending. It's got to be the beginning to to conf- to persuade anyone that they're going in the right direction. Um, but they will be noting it. You know, it, Spurs haven't had a number 10, a playmaker, since they let Ericsson go. That's nearly four years ago. Um, Madison, dead ball specialist as well, will create, will score, is a good player. It's a sign that the fans, that type of player, the Tottenham fans have been crying out for for mm. quite some time. And at 26 years of age, I guess Madison fits a, a positive age profile as well. And, and you, you, you look at the way that certainly Ange Postecoglou set up at Celtic, you'll expect him at Spurs to adopt a bit of a 4-3-3 as well. He fits nicely, you'd imagine, Madison, into, into whatever plan he has at Spurs. Yeah, I mean, look, we're assuming he's going to play... With a you know a four three three and aggressive high press and try to invert the fullbacks everything he did at, at Celtic well, we will find out. You need a dressing that isn't resistant to change. I mean, Tottenham have been the sleepwalkers eleven, haven't they, for the last few years? Uh, bailed out by the centre forward, um, and that's not going to be the way they play anymore. A lot of those players, I, I suspect, will not be suited to playing with that intensity, and they'll have to go. Um, but as a cultural change, a reset. It's exactly what the supporters need to see. They need to be galvanised. They need to be infused. They need to be able to keep their eyes open, which wasn't necessarily the case over the last couple of seasons. You mentioned the goalkeeping position there as well, Martin, and that's probably been one that's cropped up in every transfer window of late for for Tottenham managers, whoever they may have been. Um, but uh, Guglielmo Vicario from Empoli has been uh, confirmed as a signing on a five-year deal. Uh, £16.4 million is the reported transfer fee as well I mean this has been mooted for quite some time Spurs needed a long term successor for, for Hugo Lloris and they appear to have got him Yeah look he's been signed to be number one Lloris will go now I mean Lloris has had a fantastic time at Tottenham he really has he's been there over a decade you know, he's been part of the furniture been through a, a lot of the managerial changes he probably needs time to, to you know, finish his career elsewhere whether that be in France or Saudi or, or wherever it might choose to be um, and they've signed the replacement. I think they clearly were interested in Ray and, and Brentford refused to budge 
uh, over what they Spurs believe was a, an overinflated price. Um, I wonder where that idea comes from with Daniel. There you go. Um, uh, and they then went out and got the the other one who was on the list, who is you know who's had a decent season in Italy. I haven't seen enough of him to make a make a judgment. I do not know. What I'm hearing is he's got good reactions and he's very good with his feet. And you know that's for requisite now for for a top goalkeeper. But let's see his talent, his standard when he comes here. It's, it's probably too early to judge. There are other uh, transfer rumblings across London at the moment, Martin, uh, not least Declan Rice, and uh, we're, I guess, waiting to see whether he ends up likely at Arsenal or Manchester City. So Arsenal uh, have made a third bid for Declan Rice worth £105 million, so this is reported as a £100 million fee and £5 million in performance-related add-ons. This, of course, coming after Manchester City's £90 million bid was turned down by West Ham. Um, They, of course, had two club record bids already rejected Arsenal. Uh, West Ham seem to be looking for £120 million Martin but I mean I guess the player wants to stay in London so Arsenal seems still the more the more likely destination really yeah, yeah you would think so I mean it all depends desperately how or how desperate are the City are to, to gazump Arsenal but it is a proper auction isn't it now <laughs> and they're both going in with, with bids that are now meeting the sort of figures that West Ham want to hear and then it comes down to who is the keenest and who can persuade Rice. I think if City came in and uh, and trumped Arsenal's bid, then West Ham would have no compunction in saying to City, and then it would be up to to uh, um, to Guardiola to persuade Rice that he wants him in his team. But I think he would definitely have him in his team, and he would be a key player in, in the dominant dominant side. You go to Arsenal, and you become the central cog in the side that's trying to break through and to become the dominant side. Um, it's actually not a bad position to be in. Wherever he goes, he goes, he goes well, doesn't he? He gets to a, a huge club that's going in the right direction. So I think if you're Declan Rice, you're as happy as you can be. And you also, you've played this whole exit extremely well. You've not kicked up a fuss. You've let it be known what your position was. You've gone out having lifted a trophy with West Ham. He uh, could hardly have, have been more faultless in his, in, in his movements over the last few months. Market value is a funny thing, but if Harry Kane is worth sixty, maybe sixty-five million, is Declan Rice worth double that? Well, I think Harry Kane's worth more than sixty million. And that's why he's not going to go for sixty million. Um, and and Rice is younger, um, and he's in a, a position where people are looking for that and need that as the, the you know the, the the cog in the middle of the of the wheel, and. Evidently, if two clubs are paired to go to over 100 million, then he is worth that. I, I think a lot of people will, will, in the Premier League and certainly at West Ham will look at the money that Chelsea paid for Enzo Fernandez and say, well, there you are. That's the sort of price you have to pay for, for your central midfielder. Now, I personally think that if you're talking about overpriced, Fernandez is the prime example of that. I think that Chelsea played the, played the top Bowley premium of about 150% of more than he's worth because I think he's a £40 million player. But uh, obviously Chelsea know better than I yeah we'll keep an eye on the, the Declan Rice situation and of course the Harry Kane situation over the, the coming hours and days Martin great stuff as always thanks for hopping on cheers bye bye OCB AM with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition available now